Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. Hi, friend. Angie Austin here with the good news, along with the drill sergeant of life, Beatrice Bruno, good friend of the show, one of the good news gals. Uh, welcome to the program, B. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here. How you doing? Uh, you know, we've been really fighting something in our household, and I'd say about uh, it's over two weeks now for me that I've been, uh, you know, not feeling 100 percent. And uh, today I'm going to try some allergy medication and see if that's what's making me continue to cough and, you know, not sound my 100%. This is really a long time for me to be sick. But during the midst of all of this, everyone else in the family has gotten sick. First, my husband, like, violently ill for, like, a day. My son, one day. But then the daughters and I... Uh, got sick for a longer period of time and thank goodness grand grand at 80 she only felt you know kind of funky for one day so good for her mm-hmm. and a good old that get that old gal she's a real workhorse <laughs> yes she is yes she is and so it wasn't COVID though no we did the tests and not COVID. Mm-hmm. but i i heard on the volleyball teams because right now all three of them are playing volleyball mm-hmm. uh that they they were they were going through a bout of a round of covid and flu like some of them had flu some yeah. had covid maybe a combination so you know it's out there people are getting it but it's just i i i, I regardless of that i'm still ready to like let my kids live their lives and go to school yeah. without a mask and play basketball and volleyball without a mask it's been difficult even on swim team they put the mask on when they got out of the pool they'd wear mm-hmm. the mask like right up to the um uh to the beginning of the race and then they'd hang it on the, the side of you know they'd st- on the step up or they're going to dive in off the mm-hmm. diving blocks i mean here you are wearing the mask and then right as you get on the diving block you hang it on a little hook it's like okay well everybody's hanging there mask on that same hook i i don't know it's i don't know i don't know what wow. the answer is but I, I i can't go back to my children not living a full you know regular life at school right. so all right how about you how are you i'm good i'm good been doing some traveling um just went to a awesome leadership conference in charlotte north carolina it was held by um bishop td jakes out of oh, i Lowell. love him he's such a character it was awesome. Um, Denzel Washington was there in person. Um, Boris Kojo. And it was just, it was awesome. It really was. Really was an, an excellent um, event. Is he just on fire the way he always seems to be? I mean, that personality of his is talking about a million dollar personality. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when um, he was he was interviewed by Bishop Jakes and when he asked him questions about the, the slap the slap that has gone around the world by right. now, you know, um, he gave some interesting um, thoughts behind that slap that, you know, it was just something, it just happened. It shouldn't have happened, but it was something that just happened. You well, know, I mean, TD, I love TD Jake. Sure. Denzel's great, but TD is like, to me, he's like, he would be like the most fun pastor to go watch at a, you know, and I don't know all of his background. I don't know a ton about him. I just find him inspirational when I've heard him speak, when he's been on like Oprah in the past and yes. just the energy he has when he speaks to a crowd. Is he just like that or is he starting to slow down a tad? 
Oh, no, he is not slowing down at all. He is just like that. And he's funny. He's um, he's serious. He's all of the above. And he gives the best messages. He really does. Now, what made you travel there? You're near Virginia Beach now living. You're not you're not in Colorado right now. You've moved around a lot since your husband passed away. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just life changing event and lost your soulmate just one day. Never got to see him again. Had his heart attack. Right. Right. Uh, As you were. In fact, he pretty much had it while we were recording the good news. And as you were driving home, you got the call. And then um, what made you um, go to this and tell me where it was? uh, Where was it? It was in Charlotte, North Carolina, at the Charlotte Convention Center, oh, I love that. and um, it was it was wonderful. It really was. Uh, what made me go to this was after my husband's passing in 2018. You know, I kind of lost the the zeal I had for my businesses and stuff as a speaker, as a writer, ghostwriter, and all these different things. And I'm just now coming from under the fog of grief, if you will. And now that's, that's our topic saying. today: grief. Amen. And that's not to say that the grief is not still going to be with me, you know, but it's lessening now. It was waves before, like a hurricane of waves. And now they're ocean waves where they're they're coming, but they don't knock you down. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm just now getting to the point where I recognize that I really need to rebuild my businesses and repair everything that um, that has fallen through the cracks since my husband's passing. And now um, that conference really gave me a lot to think about, a lot to, to put into play now so that I can get back on my feet as the drill sergeant of life. And I mean, that that's not something that went away because regardless of whether you see me on Facebook or on somebody's podcast or anything like that, I'm still going to be the drill sergeant of life. I just didn't have the zeal for it because the grief just took me on a trip that... <laughs> That I wasn't expecting. And I don't think anyone can really expect grief, you know, in the way that it really happens. Like you said, with the waves, you know, you don't really expect grief to treat you the way it does. But it had grief has this certain persona about itself that can take you on a trip that you never even imagined going on, Angie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I when you say it, when you explain it, like I feel it, I envision it. And I've been on, you know, a lot of this journey with you. I just am, I th- thank you, Jesus, that our friendship has withstood everything you've gone through the last few years, and the moving and the here and the there and, the you know, mm-hmm. just the, the couple of days where you said you, you didn't want you just wanted to in the morning, you woke up instead of getting out of bed the way you always did and just running around the world the way you do, just spreading all your Jesus love. You mm-hmm. wanted to pull the covers up and not get out of bed. And that yeah. is not you. And I, I, I've been there through all of this. And I'm just glad that I've stayed in your life because I'm sure there are other people that when Beatrice wasn't as zingy and smiley and there for everything and uh, cruising around the city uh, Mm -hmm. and going to every event she possibly could. I mean, you were just the social butterfly of the Christian world and speaking all over. I'm sure there were some people that fell by the wayside, but I pretty much put my foot down and said I wasn't going to be part of the collateral damage of your grief journey. Amen. And I'm so glad you did that because, you know, not everybody is going to make it with you through the grief phases that you will go through. They just won't. There are some people that fell to the wayside because I couldn't handle 
how they were how they were treating me, how they were acting, things they were saying. You know, the one lady that, that said <laughs> that said that my husband's death affected her more than it affected me. Which I'll never forget me, that. It affected yeah. because you handled it differently. She said it affected me more than it affected you, you you the yeah. wife. And then yeah. the person that didn't someone call you and you were you know, oh no, that's my stepmother. Okay, I have to tell you. My stepmother who is I mean, she and my father were inseparable. He'd been retired for many years. She's a lot younger. Her name's Bahia. And every single picture of my dad is on the walls. Their whole, like, they were kind of hermits together. She taught from home. Uh, they both taught at a university, um, but he was retired, but still taught Tai Chi. She would teach her classes from home. So during COVID, you know, post my dad dying, which was just slightly before your husband passed, mm-hmm. um, She's by herself, but he's everywhere. Like, she still feels like he's in the house. And, uh, you know, in terms of, like, how... I can't explain the relationship, Beatrice. It was the closest relationship I've ever seen two humans personally be involved, like very dependent on each other, but soulmates. I mean, she was very beautiful. My dad was not. There was a huge age difference. And she said it was a soul, a connection of the soul, of the minds. And so anyway, someone called and they said, have you been crying? And she said, yes. And they said, I thought you were over all that already. See. That's and see, I teach about this all the time. Okay, when people say stupid stuff like that, the spirit of slap will come upon your right hand, and you want to slap somebody from the for the stupidity that they are bringing out to you in in saying stupid. You don't and to get shame over. you to shame you like yes, that. yes, and you don't get over okay your spouse's death. You just don't. You can move forward, yes, but you don't get over it. You don't move on. You move forward. And see, when a person is going through grief, you really have to be careful about the things that you say to that person because you never know when they're at the snapping point or not. You and really that, don't. And that was that a friendship end, ender for your friend that said, I feel, Beatrice, like it was harder on me to lose your husband than it was on you? Oh, absolutely. And of course, you know, the smart aleck in me came out and said, so what you're saying to me is that you've been sleeping with my husband in his bed for the past 27 years, four months, 10 days and nine hours. And they said, no, 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 no. That's not what I said. That's exactly what you said. That they're more of a wife than than you were. Yes. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. Now, okay, that I, I, I still remember that, you know, whole event going down. All right. So with all of this said, um, all of this time has been, you know, grief and that dealing with, and you've also lost, you know, family members, people close to you. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and now you're kind of coming back around where you really want to get your business going again and invest that energy into that. And by the way, if you ever go see TD Jakes again, let me know before you go. Cause I, I, I would be interested in uh, flying out for a conference with him. He is just a riot. Absolutely. So was that what changed in you going to see him and, and trying to get reignited for your uh, career? What changed in me was the fact that there's something still relevant inside of me. That's like now most of my talks centers on grief and helping people walk the grief path because that's something that God has put strongly inside of me. And I've noticed that as I'm walking this path, and I even wrote a book after my husband's passing, Chronicles of Grief. And um, 
I use that book to minister to people who are walking the grief path, have, have been forced to take the grief journey. And I'm seeing now that as I walk this path, I'm, I'm getting stronger, but I'm also able to help other people to get stronger in their walk and help them to understand because Angie, we have to face it. Grief is not something that our society really likes to talk about. No, we just don't, you know? And so it's like when, when something happens, something tragic happens, the first words coming out of our mouths are, I'm so sorry for your loss. (laughs) And some people ask the question, are you really sorry? Are you just saying that because that's what everybody else says? See, I I think people are in such a conundrum because I think it's very, (laughs) many people are very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with death. And Mm -hmm. so I think they oftentimes don't, they're uncomfortable. They don't know what to say. And unless they've been through it themselves or they're Mm -hmm. just a very compassionate person, that they're just going for catchphrases because they really don't know how to help, but they yep. want you to know that they care. They want you to know. And, yes. you know, some people care more than others, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And um, when we come back from the break, because we've got about a minute here, I am going to tell you something uh, uh, that someone said to me that was possibly one of the cruelest things ever about mm-hmm. the murder and death of my brother. Uh, mm-hmm. But what do you want to talk about uh, grief-wise in the next segment? Because I know you really um, had it on your heart to talk about this today. It, it, and not just husbands, just in general, loss. Just in general. It's okay to grieve. And that's what I want to talk about. It's okay to grieve. Yeah, why do we have to hide it? Why do you have to hide that you're grieving for somebody because someone might be offended? Or really what that person said to my stepmom about, oh, I thought you were over all that about my mm-hmm. dad. Uh, mm-hmm. And why are you still crying? She has bouts of crying like all the time. I mean, not every day, but like just seeing his pictures, reading one of his poems, um, mm-hmm. being at the, ch- they played chess every single day. They did Tai Chi together every single day. She mm-hmm. cooked for him every day. I yes. mean, it was intertwined, two people living out in the country uh, that very much were dependent on each other. And mm-hmm. so um, that person was basically saying to my stepmom, Look, I'm very selfish. I didn't call to hear you cry about your dead husband who died a few years ago. I thought you were over all that. I have other things that I want to talk about. I don't wow. want to deal I don't want to deal with your grief anymore. That's what her statement really meant. We'll be right back with the good news. And this is good news because these are Christian women talking about how to deal with that grief past. So we'll talk about what someone said to me after my brother was murdered. We'll be right back. Georgetown's tuned to the mighty 670 KLT. When disaster strikes, look to the helpers. Look to Ark Thrift again, one of the first on the scene to help those affected by the Marshall fires. Just as they did with the floods and COVID, they are again providing critical relief to the communities they serve. Many communities suffer from the bystander effect when struck by tragedy, when people tend to watch as others suffer, passive and unwilling to step in. We are lucky to have Arc Thrift in our local communities to step up and help where others don't. As a listener, you too can step up. Support their mission by shopping in their stores and by donating to the relief fund at arcthrift.com. Putting the pieces back together is a long-haul effort. Relief efforts for the Marshall Fires are needed on an ongoing basis. Again, don't hesitate to visit the Arc Thrift website to gift a donation and help give back to your local community. The website is arcthrift.com. That's A-R-C thrift.com. 
The good news here, Angie Austin, Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life. We're talking about grief. She lost her husband. She's lost uh, her mom. She's uh, caring, helping to care for her dad right now and uh, lost a sibling. And then, boy, there are a bunch of friends and a godchild and all kinds of you know things you've dealt with in the last few years. But the husband was life-changing. And I was telling you, Beatrice, that when that person called my stepmom, because uh, she'd lost my dad not you know a couple of years back, said, well, were you crying? Well, I thought you are over all of that. I wanted to tell you, I think <laughs> the meanest thing, the most cruel thing anybody's ever said to me about the murder of my brother. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, it was Christmas time, and uh, I'm just going to lay it on you because I, I hate talking and like this person. It was my uh, sister-in-law, and uh, I call her my sister-in-law, but she never married my brother Roy. Roy was uh, uh, a drug addict, and he has suffered from mental illness. You've spoken with him. He's really mm-hmm. struggled in life. I think he was mentally ill and then took a lot of drugs like meth uh, that made it worse. And he's currently in a Christian uh, homeless facility in the Pacific Northwest. And so we haven't seen him in a very long time. I've debated going up to visit him. He's very, uh, he's a little bit difficult to communicate with because of the medication that he takes now prescription. He, he, you know, a lot of people that have been on medication, like he'll take a phone number down and it takes him a while and, you know, he's struggling. Uh, So, but we were never close. We never had a similar lifestyle. And then we had, I have two more, um, two more brothers, Ted and Bryce. Well, so Patricia was with uh, Roy, my brother that was mentally, and he was never there for the raising of my nephew, the one I'm so close to, Levi, Mm -hmm. that we he graduated with honors and he's going to become a pharmacist and so very close to him. Okay. Christmas time. She's not Christian. Uh, she's Jewish. We're driving in the car. We've got all the kids. They come usually every Christmas, or she calls it fall break. Um, always makes it clear to me that they don't celebrate Christmas. Um, and she knows that you know we go to, go to church and we go to the service on Christmas Eve, etc. And mm-hmm. she's usually fairly respectful of that. And we're in the car, and uh, I've got it's loaded. Eight people. I've got all the kids. You know, we've gone for pizza. We're on the way back from the mountains. I've taken them to YMCA, the Rockies. I usually take them up there for three days. When they come visit, setting mm-hmm. the scene here, most of the kids are asleep in back, and she and I are talking about uh, this uh, scientist that posted something mocking Christmas and mocking Jesus, and she laughed and said, that's really funny, it's so true. And it was just a, a tweet from some, I, I can't remember if the last name is like Degrassi, it's some mm-hmm. very famous scientific person that was mocking Christians and their faith. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, I have to say that I'm offended by that, and my faith has been very important to me. My life has been difficult. And as you know, I've turned out a lot better than the majority of the people in my family because I've had the foundation that, you know, the Bible, the Lord created for me so that I could learn how to be a good sibling. I could learn how to be a good parent because I did not learn from my own parents. And it's very offensive. And then she says something back that it's funny or something. And I said, look, you know, my, my dad pretty much abandoned us. You know, he was an alcoholic for 35 years. My mom, you know, was really not able to care for us properly. I bounced around in foster care and friends' couches. Um, my brothers were drug addicts and abusive, except for the one who's done really well. You know, mm-hmm. my my brother Bryce you know, kicked me in the face after he got out of the Marines with combat mm-hmm. boots on. You know, my nose was spread all over my face. I was bleeding, running down the street. Cars are stopping, thinking I've been hit by a car because I'm covered in blood. You know, mm-hmm. and then my mom was like, well, we really don't want to press charges because, of course, the cops came, you know. So anyway, all of this, and then my brother was um, in, in Boulder uh, stabbed to death at a party. They dragged him out of the apartment and left him in front of the apartment building across 
the street from his apartment right across from CU and left him there to die. They found him the next morning when an ambulance was going to the old folks home and there's just a body like spread eagle arms out like, you know, um, on, on, on the lawn. And so as I mentioned, he's like, look, Christianity helped me. Like, I'm a pretty normal person. Uh, everything I went to, you'd think that I would be just a messed up junkie like my brother on the street. But no, I have a good job. I've graduated with honors. I've been very responsible. I am raising my family. I don't drink. I tried drinking wine recently for a month. I hate drinking. <laughs> so anyway, I heard it was healthy for you. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Boy. So with all this said, Beatrice, mm-hmm. I, this is what she said to me. Oh, here we go again with the sob story. And it's always back to the brother murdered. You always have to bring that up. Wow. And I just... Wow. Didn't even know what to say. And I'm not proud to say, I think something really angry came out of my mouth. I don't remember specifically, but I remember inside of me this like fire coming up like no this wasn't easy to get through yes i did get through it no i don't bring it up very often i mean it's like on the radio i might to make a point but like in my regular life my kids have probably heard that particular story and not all of those details probably two times in their lives and they didn't even know i had a father until they were like eight nine ten years old when he you know because i didn't talk about him because he wasn't in my life i didn't say anything negative i didn't say anything positive i said nothing so mm-hmm. um, that to me, that could have been a relationship breaker, but she's not one to apologize, you know, mm-hmm. and she kind of did. And so that kind of right now, we're not really um, uh, friendly right now, uh, but I got my nephew raised. So I was able to swallow my pride enough during those. He's 21 now. And I mm-hmm. really wanted to be involved in his life since he didn't have a father. My brother wasn't a father. So it's mm-hmm. a very long story. But sometimes you do have to, I guess, suck it up and accept people when you want to be in the child's life. But now that, you know, he's grown, I don't know that I have to be, ha- be in that relationship anymore. But that was very hurtful. So just like your friend saying to you, I thought you were over that. Or, you know, it's harder on me, your husband dying, yeah. than it was on you because you actually like you're fine so with with the grief piece what what sparked it today that you wanted to to speak with us about it well when i got back from the car i have a picture of my husband and me um it was taken in 2005 and we're all hugged up and stuff and i was looking over at the picture and i I heard the lord say to me he said it's time for you to take that down and i said excuse me (laughs) because you know that's that's my boo. I said, excuse me. He said, it's time for you to take that down. It's time for you to move forward. And then he gave me an idea of what to do with it. And I'm going to um, get the his flag, his memorial flag, put in one of those, you know, those cases and stuff. And then that picture. And w- every year, one of the kids is going to have that. OK, in their home oh, so that nice. they can yeah. reminisce over their dad, because and it is it is time for me to move forward um, at some point. I, I'm a young 63. And at some point, you are. God is going to bring a, a, another man into my life, you know, and he will not. Be the lo- Yeah. Well, you say, woohoo. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm scared. Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, that I mean, it's been over 30 years since I went on a date. Yeah. You know, and so but. I know it's time for me to move forward. And that right there shows me that I have come to a place in my grief and my mourning in which I'm able to move forward and to, 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 
you know, not cry as much as I used to and, and, and not feel as badly as I used to and all those different things. And do I miss my husband? Yes, absolutely. And we'll continue. My children are all grown, you know, but and it's OK for me to feel this way because we had a lot of history with each other. You know, and, and what I want somebody to know today is it's OK to grieve, you know, but at some point you have to move forward, not move on, not forgetting about all that that you went through and that you experienced with that person, but move forward because there's more. You're still here and there's more for your life than what you ever even imagined. And that's what I'm looking forward to with God, because my husband and I, we had a good life. We really did. Raised yeah. four beautiful kids. And she was crazy about this man. I am telling oh, yeah. you, it was red. You were crazy about him. Yes. Ooh, you thought he was good looking. You were yeah. talking about your hot husband all the time. And That's he right. made you laugh. And you That's just right. you enjoyed all your time together so much. You enjoyed cooking for him, taking care of him, making yes. him laugh. And then he uh, worked and allowed you to do all these things you love to yep. do, travel and speak. And I mean, he yep. treated you like a queen. Yes, he did. He called me his Nubian princess. Uh And so, um, you know, and I I miss that. Um, But I do recognize that I was a good wife to him and I can be a good wife to my next. And I'm okay with that, you know, and it's okay to move forward. And so, and it's Angie, it's got, it's, it's taken a lot for me to get to this point. It really has. Mm mm mm. You know, because you don't just, like I said, 27 years, four months, 10 days and nine hours. You don't just get past that. You don't. Yeah. Oh, girl. But it's okay. It's okay. I have I have gone through the grief. I have gone through the mourning. And now I'm here at this point in which God wants me to move forward and I'm ready to move forward. I, I really am. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. It's, uh, gosh, just seeing you navigate this. And, oh, my goodness, it is just the pain that I felt that you, you you know, and, and you're not one to cry, you know. And, and yeah. there were times when you finally would break down and uh, mm-hmm. and really, you know, let, let those feelings out. And mm-hmm. those times were actually fairly few and far between. Yeah. And uh, but boy, I am telling you, uh, when you preached at his uh, funeral, mm-hmm. it was and I know a lot of the people from uh, Crawford where, you know, we're based in Denver, you know, mm-hmm. were able to go and see that um, it was life changing. I think for some people, you know, there was a young man that actually was there with your husband and, uh, you know, loved your husband and he's yeah. young. And that was yeah. really hard on him that he couldn't save him, per se. And it took a while for them to get help. You know, to yeah. to help yeah. him, and your and with your husband, you know, almost died immediately, and there wasn't in that particular case any coming back from that, and he felt some real strong emotions over that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did, and you know, and, and that's another thing about grief. When we go through personal grief, we have to look at the people that's around us, because there were some people in my life, friends, close friends, not just my family, my kids, and and other relatives, but close friends. I had to help them to walk the grief path of for my husband. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, and it was just grief. Grief. You encounter so much more in grief than what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. You know, and Oof. so that's why now I'm on the path that I'm on because we need to understand grief in all its different aspects so that we can help each other to move through this grief path. 
and get to the other side of it because it's not as as easy as one, two, three, just getting over it and, you know, no, no, that's not what grief is about. Grief will take you on a journey that you otherwise would never have encountered before, but it takes us coming together and talking about it, allowing each other to talk about this stuff so that we can move forward. Because if you're not able to talk about it, then it stays inside of you and it's just like a cancer that eats you from the inside out. Oh, yeah, if you can't talk about it. And I think these grief groups, I think they're so helpful. And people Mm -hmm. sometimes have uh, those groups within their church or they're already in a Bible study. And Mm -hmm. I think surrounding yourself with people that care about you is so important. At this point, you know, I have a very small group of friends because I'm so busy with the kids. And Mm -hmm. I told my husband last night, you know, I feel like that we are um (laughs) you're gonna laugh that we are a checkbook taxi with um a a, a vending machine that we're a checkbook taxi vending machine we give them money we drive them around and they want snacks you know Mm, and mm, um mm. i have a hard time with all their sports and everything doing the family dinner where they all sit down to eat now that my son has money he's had his own business since he was 13 which i've got to do an interview with him about that because some people are very interested in how he's become successful especially for Mm -hmm. his age uh reselling these high-end shoes that he um that he buys and hats now he's doing hats and jerseys because there's a real market for these specialty ball caps and specialty jerseys and so he's kind of branched out into all of that all right beatrice you're starting to speak again and next week i'm going to talk a little bit about the fact that you are have helped you help take care of your mother who did not raise you and you're right. helping to take care of your father who did not raise you this is an interesting assignment give us your website quickly drillsergeantoflife.com she's a great speaker you should book her thanks b thank you thank you for listening to the good news with angie austin on am 670 kltt 